It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Dallas Cowboys are entering a season with Super Bowl aspirations and boat race the New York Giants on national TV on Sunday night. Is this the year they live up to the hype? Also, should we be overreacting to Joe Burrow getting embarrassed in Cleveland? And with all their continuity, the Bills can quickly adapt to any change. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $500 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. The Dallas Cowboys come into 2023 with Super Bowl aspirations and Super Bowl hype. So the cynic would say, well, week one against the division rival, they'll fall on their face, right? That's how this works. No, just the fifth time in NFL history, a team has scored 40 on the road with a shutout. And in 11 of the last 12 games against the Giants, the Cowboys have a plus 389 scoring margin, (laughs) a 40 to nothing beat down at the hands of Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott and company. And Oh, by the way, ferocious defense, Mm. Landon McCool from locked on Cowboys laughing, cackling in the background at this, at this. And so if you're the Cowboys, this is one of those games where just everything goes wrong for the giants. So what do you, what do you take away from the Dallas side? Yeah. I mean, it's a good question. I honestly, I I did. And it's funny. You mentioned my cackling because that's how I spent most of the game, you know, just kind (laughs) of like cackling evilly and just like going, this is totally ridiculous. Um, You know, I think it was hard to take away a lot from the game. It was a sloppy game. I mean, for those who didn't watch the game uh, it was raining, you know, at certain points, not so much, but at certain points, torrential downpour. So by the time the second half arrived, they were all soaked. And so, no, no, there wasn't really any passing that went on in the game. And part of that was the Dallas defense. But part of that was because I think it was just, you know, you saw drop passes and just, you know, balls, waterlogged balls and that sort of thing, just, you know, being dropped. So uh, I think, you know, offensively, you saw the ball getting uh, moved a little bit on the ground versus a, what was supposed to be a stouter defense, especially on the interior. And you were able to do it without your starting left guard, which is great. Uh, I think defense, there's tons to take away. I mean, you know, obviously the defense is what you expected it to be, what you thought it was going to be. Um, but I think, you know, as far as <laughs> any kind of examination on uh, the passing game or or, or the offense overall, I, I think it was tough to take away much other than, man, New York uh, really, really did not have a good night tonight. Yeah, 10 tackles for loss in this game for the Cowboys. They had eight passes defensed, three by new cornerback Stephon Gilmore and 12 quarterback hits Osa Digizua. If you do not know that name or know how to pronounce it by the end of the year, you will know both of those things. That guy is an absolute stud. The the problem, I think, Landon, if you're a Cowboys fan, is you're like, we knew the defense was really good. Mm. The question was what this offense was going to look like. And unfortunately, we just didn't get a great viewpoint. So what do you, when you look at this offense, 
Are there nuggets, things you can go, okay, I like this. This was interesting. This was different things where you can go, okay, let's keep an eye on this moving forward. You know, I, I think they came out, you know, and and moved moved a little bit uh, with with rhythm a little bit earlier than they had previously. Uh, you know, that had been an issue at times with Dallas is kind of just getting into the rhythm of the game early. Um, I, I felt like there were less miscues, you know, less penalties overall. You did have the Terrence Steele false start, um, but I'm trying to think. I mean, outside of that, there weren't a lot of other penalties on the offensive side of the ball, especially pre snap penalties, which has been like a uh, you know a focus uh, for this offense. So. Uh, you know, I think things seemed a little bit crisper, especially, you know, I mean, look, anybody who watched the week one games today saw a whole bunch of terrible football today. And it just seems like the NFL has just gotten worse and worse every year in September, you know, just ha- making it their preseason. So I think in the spectrum of what we saw overall in the you know, the week ones, uh, I thought the offense overall looked decently crisp at times earlier than I expected them to. I I, I kind of expected them to be extremely flat. Uh, throughout the first half and you saw a little bit you saw the pass to cd lamb um you saw some other different things you know i i expect a little bit better efficiency out of the tight ends than we saw uh you know i think that was that was something that was surprising offensively uh, but i think outside of that yeah it was just a very small sample size and, and, and it didn't really feel like I mean, I mean i don't even know how many possessions the cowboys had in the first half i think it was like maybe three or four i mean it, it didn't seem like a ton so um, I, I think it's tough to take away any kind of examination from the offense, both from the weather perspective and just from how incredibly small sample size the whole thing was. Yeah, just four possessions in the first half. Yeah. It was 26 nothing at halftime. And one of the reasons why I think it got so out of hand, you have a blocked field goal touchdown, you have an interception yeah. touchdown. So if the defense is scoring, the offense doesn't have to do a lot of the work. Stay up to date all year on the Dallas Cowboys by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Cowboys on your favorite podcast app, and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today. Your first listen coming up. How worried should we be about the Bengals' embarrassing start to the season? Before we get to that, Michigan State making news for all the wrong reasons. Get into the NFL season like never before with amazing offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5. That's right, $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. Tonight's game between the Bills and the Jets has the home team. As the underdog, FanDuel has Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, two-point underdogs to Josh Allen and the Bills. You can also combine bets within the same game to make even more money. Same game parlays are a great way to enjoy any game. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. 
Michigan State football coach Mel Tucker has been suspended indefinitely without pay as the university completes an investigation into claims that Tucker sexually harassed a prominent sexual assault awareness speaker after she was hired to address the Spartan team. Brenda Tracy told university investigators that Tucker sent her gifts, asked if she would date him if he wasn't married, and pleasured himself while on the phone with her without her consent, according to a report from USA Today. Tucker did not deny his behavior to investigators, but said that it was consensual per the report. Athletic Director Alan Haller announced the suspension after the report was released on Sunday. He also said he was first made aware of Brenda Tracy's allegations last December. The school then hired a third-party investigator who completed her report on July 25th. She said the school should hold a hearing to determine if Tucker violated any policy. School officials reportedly did not know any details of Tracy's allegations until they were reported by USA Today. This, according to a university spokesperson. The Jacksonville Jaguars were anything but perfect, but still ended week one, well, perfect, with a win over the Indianapolis Colts. The Jacksonville Jaguars come away with a victory in Indianapolis in week one, 31-21, in a game that saw some weaknesses be exposed, but also saw the Jaguars' talented players take over the game. Their best players play well when they had to. Offensively, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Calvin Ridley, a couple of big first downs by Evan Ingram. The offensive line may have struggled a little bit. And then on defense, it was Josh Allen with three sacks. Trayvon Walker got a sack. And just a lot of hard hitting on defense. Tyson Campbell got a pick. Andre Sisco played great and foil. Wakan was all over the place. And more importantly, they were very opportunistic. They stopped the Colts on at least three fourth down situations when the game could have gotten out of hand. So Jaguars played the Kansas City Chiefs in the home opener next week. They win 31-21 in Indianapolis. I'm Tony Wiggins with Locked On Jaguars. We're your team every day, and we thank you for making us your first listen. The New Orleans Saints put the clamps on the Tennessee Titans and pulled out a close one. The New Orleans Saints pull off a hard-fought victory against the Tennessee Titans, all thanks to what could be one of the best defenses, if not the best, in the NFL. I'm Ross Jackson, host of the Locked On Saints podcast. The New Orleans Saints get a big-time 16-15 victory over the Tennessee Titans. And while the offense struggled a little bit earlier and started to pick up a little bit of its rhythm toward the end of the game when it really mattered, big connections from Derek Carr to Rashid Shahid, Chris Olave, uh, Michael Thomas, so on and so forth, the story of this game is the defensive dominance by the New Orleans Saints. Whether it was their top edge rusher in Cam Jordan, whether it was his complimentary edge rusher in Carl Granderson, rookie defensive tackle Brian Brzee, and of course, three interceptions and a blocked punt certainly don't hurt otherwise. The New Orleans Saints were excellent on the defensive side of the football and established early dominance as one of the best units in the NFL. For more on this game and your New Orleans Saints, make sure you're checking out the Locked on Saints podcast. And what may have been the most exciting game of the first week of the season saw the L.A. Chargers blow a late lead to the Miami Dolphins. The Chargers just dropped a golden opportunity to go 1-0 after an abysmal performance by Brandon Staley's defense. This is Daniel Wade here from Locked On Chargers coming to you after the 34-36 shootout loss to the Miami Dolphins in a game in which the Chargers defense frankly just didn't show up. 
Tua Tagovailoa in this game threw for 466 yards, while the Chargers had no answer for Tyreek Hill, who had 11 catches, 215 yards, and two touchdowns. For Brandon Staley, who is a defensive guy, to have this performance after the talk of the offseason and this unit improving is unacceptable. J.C. Jackson gets benched in this game. Your highly paid pass rush combines for zero sacks. And what makes it more disappointing is that the offense actually looked really good under Kellen Moore, rushing for over 200 yards, putting up 34 points in this game. But this defense has a long way to go if they want to contend in a loaded AFC. For the full game breakdown, make sure to check out the Locked On Chargers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here is another story you need to know. The Cincinnati Bengals were pegged to be a Super Bowl contender in 2023. Well, the season did not get off to the start that they were hoping. 24-3 to was the final score. The Cleveland Browns win the Battle of Ohio. Joe Burrow has his worst statistical game as a pro, just 82 yards, 2.6 yards per attempt. James Rapine was there. Tough stuff <laughs> from Locked On <laughs> Bengals. He joins me now. James, I would ask what went wrong, but the answer is mostly everything. So what went the most wrong for Cincy on Sunday afternoon? Oh, I mean, I, I've never seen this offense perform that way for four straight quarters. I think that's the part of it that is the biggest shock is you've seen them lay eggs and even Joe Burrow's rookie year, he had some ugly games against Baltimore and Pittsburgh, but nothing like this where you complete 14 passes and you only throw for 82 yards. Mm. They, there was nothing over the middle. The downfield shots were out of sync and he could never get into a rhythm. And I think it was just the perfect storm of a few factors. One, let's be honest, the Cleveland Browns clearly are a rough matchup for the Bengals. We know that more so than ever now, Zach Taylor, 0-5 in Cleveland, Joe Burrow 1-5 as a starter against the Browns. And, and so it's matchup based. You could use the weather a little bit as well. A pass first team in the rain, that certainly impacted Joe Burrow's thumb. And, and the other part of this is obviously the calf injury, five plus weeks out during training camp. That matters. And maybe we downplayed it some, but clearly it had an impact on Sunday. And so when you think about those factors, how many of those are are immediately like next week fixable. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of them are fixable. And part of it is you're not going to have to play the Browns on the road. You're going to be at home. I do think that matters. The Ravens, though, are a tough opponent. And they're tough for a bunch of reasons. One of which is I think their offense is, is ahead of where the Browns offense is right now. Deshaun Watson left some meat on the bone. Yeah. Missed some open guys. And if he doesn't do that early in this game, maybe it wouldn't have been 10 nothing at halftime or 10 to three midway through the third quarter, where it felt like if the Bengals offense had woken up, they might've had a shot in this game. So that's the part of it that, that certainly needs the changes. This offense has to get off to a quicker start, get into a rhythm because it's not getting any easier with the Baltimore Ravens coming to town. When you look at the run game, I know the numbers don't jump off the page. Part of that is because you had a couple of kneel downs, quarterback things, but Joe Mixon, 13 carries, 56 yards. You had Chris Evans, had two for 12. Why not, when when the passing game isn't working the way that it wasn't, why not lean on this run game? It seemed like they had found mm -hmm. something last year by able to be, being able to run their whole offense out of shotgun rather than having to go under center to get into their run game. Why go away from it in this game? 
I do think that there was a point where they should have stuck with the run game. And Joe Mixon tried to breathe some life into this offense, had a couple of nice plays midway through the second quarter. And at one point, he was averaging over five yards a carry. Now, it, it dropped a little bit late. He, he had a couple of, of short yardage carries that, that kind of impacted that average. But I agree with you. I think that's the part of it where in games like this, where Burrow isn't super Burrow, and he's clearly human Burrow, you need someone else to be able to lean on. And the receivers didn't have their best game, that's fair to say. So maybe Joe Mixon needs to be that guy. And I, he showed flashes of it. I think that's one of the encouraging takeaways from Sunday's matchup is he looked spry, had really nice cuts, and, and was making the right decision. So if they get that type of Joe Mixon, I think this offense could still be good, really good, even though on Sunday they were awful. Last thing here, James, we, we got reports over the weekend that the Bengals and T. Higgins not really close on a contract extension. Joe Burrow 0 for 8 targeting T. Higgins in this game. Are we are, are we gone full tinfoil hat to feel like these are somewhat related? Maybe. Maybe a bit. I, I think I think the fact that, that they were so out of sync has a lot to do with the reps in training camp and, and lack of reps with Burrow at the same time, these guys always seem to figure it out mid game in, even in blowouts that they, they were going out on Halloween uh, against the Browns last year. But in the fourth quarter, Burrow found Higgins for a 41 yard touchdown. They had some positive plays at the end and there weren't any today. So I, I think that aspect is interesting. Yeah. I think T Higgins will bounce back. He took full accountability on a few communication issues during the game. So We'll see. That said, I do think contract stuff can impact on-field play, including Burrow. He had just signed that $275 million contract on Saturday. You have to play a game on Sunday in a hostile environment. That's tough, I think, mentally to just compartmentalize and focus on football. Stay up to date all year on the Cincinnati Bengals by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Bengals on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, why the Bills are uniquely positioned to adapt to change. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The Buffalo Bills did not like the way last season ended, so they made a few key changes. Some may see that as a prime opportunity for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets to exploit. But as Locked On Bills host Joe Marino and Locked On Jets host John Butchko point out, the Bills can handle themselves. Well, John, I, I think this big storyline to me for the Bills is a debut of a football team that should have a different look and feel on both sides of the football. Now, the Bills are returning 75% of their roster from last year. That's number one in the NFL. There's plenty of continuity, but there's still plenty of new dynamics with this Buffalo Bills football team. On offense, you've got two new starting offensive linemen that Obviously, the Bills are hoping represent upgrades with both of their guard spots. Connor McGovern at left guard, Osiris Torrance at right guard. 
And you've got some new weapons around Josh Allen. There's some familiar faces, of course, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox. Those guys are all going to do their thing. But you do have the new tight end, the rookie tight end, Dalton Kincaid. The Bills made him a first-round pick and have plans to kind of use him as a slot receiver in a lot of the ways that they've used Cole Beasley in the past. And they really missed that slot presence last year. So he's now part of the mix. You have more depth at wide receiver by bringing in a couple of veterans in Trent Shurfield and Deontay Hardy to add to the mix. and then a really overhauled backfield where Devin Singletary, the Bills' lead ball carrier, leading rusher the last four years, he's now a Houston Texans. Jets Monday Night Football is one heck of a stage to debut a lot of the newness that uh, comes with your football team as the Bills are trying to get over the hump. And, of course, in the NFL, the only constant is change. And I think, you know, the Bills have been through this before. They've had to – they've had – I think you could argue, you could tell me if I'm wrong, they've had bigger changes in recent years, you know, losing yeah. Brian Dable last year – for example, and they've always shown an ability to adapt. And that's one of the things that keeps you on top of the league. The Bills have been one of the best teams in the AFC the last three years. The kinds of defenses that have given Aaron Rodgers problems over the last few seasons are the ones who play extremely disciplined on the back end and can rush you with just four. It is the kind of defense the Bills have thrived using over the last few seasons. When it comes to week one, Sean McDermott, taking over the play calling, it ain't broke. You don't have to fix it. So maybe there were things that he and Leslie Frazier did not see eye to eye over over the last few years, leading to Frazier's departure from the team, McDermott taking over the defense. But playing the way that they have been playing, at least against the Green Bay version of Aaron Rodgers, who knows how this new happy with life version going to Taylor Swift concerts will react. But the version of the defense that the Bills have been playing the last few years, that's the version that gives Aaron Rodgers problems. They may not need to adapt at all. And finally, the Texas Longhorns are up to number four in the AP poll after their big win over Alabama on Saturday night. It is the highest the Longhorns have been in the poll since they lost to Alabama in the BCS National Championship game in 2009. Behind quarterback Quinn Ewers, Texas became the first team to beat Alabama by double digits on its home field under coach Nick Saban. The loss dropped the Crimson Tide to number 10 in the poll. How old was Quinn Ewers in 2009? Was he in like second grade? Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports today, how will Aaron Rodgers' first game in the Big Apple go? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.